Hey babe. Yeah. I was wondering two things. Okay. If you wanted to watch a movie, mm-hmm. we could pick something. Okay. But I also just kind of wanted to check in on the last few movies. How I felt about them. Nothing, nothing in depth. Nothing too serious. Okay. I think our listeners sometimes want to know. True, true. I mean, we have a whole podcast about picking a movie to watch, and then we never talk about the movies. Yeah. We don't have to talk about them in depth, though. But I was yeah. just... Here's what I was Here, thinking. Here's the thing. Okay, go ahead. Sometimes, most of the time, I fall asleep. Okay, that, so I was, that can be... <laughs> I think we should just be honest with ourselves and with the audience about that. All so right, So I was thinking about true. that. I know okay. that you mentioned that SJ wanted to know if I was able to sort of connect with To Catch a Thief. Yeah. Uh, like I wanted to. Right. And the truth is, SJ, I don't know because I fell asleep. I fell asleep quite quickly. Mm-hmm. I was feeling what I saw for the first probably 25 minutes or so to catch a thief. I thought the movie was paced really well. It just like, <laughs> I think, what did I tell you about this the other night? Didn't so, I say something about Yes, it? okay, you I figured thought I out. Sort of figured out. Yes, you thought that the music didn't That's really right. fit. That's exactly with what it was. The movie. Yes. I think I had a hard time getting into the movie because there's a really what is supposed to be a really intense car chase scene when after in my opinion he way overreacts to the police showing up at his villa and like runs out and hops a fence mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i don't know i mean i guess it's not an overreaction like he didn't want to go to jail or whatever but it just felt like it's just an unusual sudden change of pace mm-hmm. but the music that they played when they're chased like they're doing they're having a car chase like in the south of france in the hills and it's like and it's just like the music is so goofy yeah it's sort of like jaunty it was like, very jaunty yeah like just it was it was so jaunty, which, by the way, this is a totally random off-topic thing, but I want to acknowledge it. Whoever is describing the oh music... Oh my gosh, we, for Wednesday? <laughs> on Netflix, period, honestly. I think whoever is... Descri- whosever's job it is to describe what the music sounds like for the closed caption, you have to understand that we are caption people. Yes. We watch everything with the captions. It used to be out of necessity because our air conditioner was really loud. Um, but we just actually need to have the captions on when we really want to pay attention to what's going on in a movie. So, uh, whoever's job it is at Netflix to describe the music, they do a phenomenal job. It's like... It's so perfect. It really is. Yeah. When we watched Wednesday, it was just like... In Wednesday in particular, it was very pronounced, especially because the music in Wednesday is so unique. Mm -hmm. So like, go watch Wednesday, turn on the captions, and just read the descriptions for the music and listen to the music and see what you think, because I think they're exactly right all the time. What were we talking about before? The music and To Catch a Thief. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that I, I did notice that before I fell asleep is that there's a mismatch between the music and what's going on in the movie that makes it sort of hard to get into. But um, 
it's just such a fucking beautiful movie. I feel the same way about um, the James Bond movie Spectre. Mm. Like, story-wise, it's not one of the stronger of the new... Um, the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. But... It was, it's such a beautifully shot and styled movie that I actually don't care mm-hmm. <laughs> that the story is kind of crazy. Right. So anyway, the honest truth about To Catch a Thief is, I think, I guess I, I guess I do have an answer for this. I don't think I'm into it. I don't feel like I need to watch it again. Mm. I don't feel like I want to try to, to continue to, to finish it after having fallen asleep. I think like, it's just not going to be a... Alfred Hitchcock movies that I enjoy revisiting, like Rear Window or something. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be one of those movies for me. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, last episode, episode eighteen, was our Kurt Russell feature episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we watched Escape from L.A. Okay. And then I also watched Executive Decision, which I know you um, watched, watched a little and bit. And, yeah, yeah and out of probably it. I think about. 40 minutes in total of it you were able to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. on, I used that. That was my Father's Day, as I think I mentioned in the episode. Right. That was my Father's Day afternoon movie. Um, I fell asleep for Escape from L.A. for, ha- I think, the second half of it or the last I, third. Yeah, I saw basically when the president, like, little pod landed and then opened then someone that like one of the people one of the groups went to go try to find them and when the pod opened he was gone that's like where i fell asleep did you were you able to watch enough because you had a very strong itch that you were trying to scratch with this movie yeah did you watch enough for it to scratch that itch yeah i think it was it definitely fit what i wanted to watch that night the vibe i was going for and i think it was like i'm into it i wouldn't mind going back to finishing it you're that into it because like i want to see like i we i barely got to where like kurt russell was being his being snake Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like... That's what you wanted. I wanted to see more of that because it was almost too... It's There it's was a lot of setup in it the was, beginning. Yeah. Where they were, they were kind of following a lot of different threads. You didn't get to spend a lot of time with Kurt Russell in the first half Ex- of the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wanted to see that more, like yeah. how it came to be, if it kind of got more... Because it was a little bit... Not, I don't want to say corny. That's not the right description. But like, it was a little, okay. It's kind of like, you know, with the Christian Bale with Batman when you first, and he has this crazy gruffy voice and everyone was like, what the fuck? But then like, after a while you got used to it. Okay. That's kind of how I felt about Kurt Russell with Snake. I wanted to like get used to him being like that. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, So would you, would you recommend Escape from LA? Yes or no? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think I would too. Um, I I don't have much more to add other than what we already said about that movie. I woke up for the very end. There was a couple of lines of dialogue that made me think that the movie was like a lot more like political and societal satire than I remember it being. Yes. Which is pretty interesting, but I didn't see enough to really get a good sense of that. 
um, executive decision, which we watched on Father's Day, mm-hmm. I think really, I think it holds up. It has some problems, but thankfully the movie was made, like we had talked about when we watched the trailer, the movie was made pre-9-11. It does involve a terrorist act with an airplane, which obviously is just coincidental because the movie was made in 1996. Mm-hmm. But also, I, I really appreciated also, though, because of that, that the terrorism wasn't so heavily focused on, like, Middle Eastern and religious-based, like, terrorism or anything like that. It was much more, like, uh, Eastern European, like, Cold War. Like, there was a very structured and detailed set of alliances that were going on in this movie. It was a really mature movie in its story writing and its world development. All the characters' backstories felt really real and believable. All their relationships seemed really strong. Mm -hmm. The terrorists' sort of relationships with, like, the Chechen mafia and all these other things all made sense for, like, a Cold War era sort of... um, You know, this is like a Jack Ryan kind of thing. It's like a movie they want. Somebody wanted to make a movie that was similar to like Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan character, Mm -hmm. and Kurt Russell sort of played that semi nerdy CIA guy or whoever he was. But anyway, Executive Decision was I thought a really fun movie with some really surprising things. Like it's a Steven Seagal team up, and Steven Seagal, the way he plays the role, it's very different for him. And it's very, I think he does a really good job. Who was he? So he was like, that's, you missed a lot of this. And it's a spoiler for this very old movie. Okay. Just to say this. But Steven Seagal actually does not survive them boarding the airplane. Oh. So I'll run down the plot really quickly. Terrorists hijack an airplane. There's a couple of things going on with the plans that are kind of hard to follow in parts. That was one of the story weaknesses. But they have this plane, it has like a nerve toxin gas bomb on it, and they're, the plan that they come up with in like this boardroom scene with Steven Seagal's like Strike Force guy and Kurt Russell's the CIA guy who's wearing a tuxedo because they had to pull him away from an awards banquet thing that he was at. Mm-hmm. And they all have this meeting, they all discuss the situation, and they decide the best thing they're the best plan they have is to take a stealth jet dock with the airplane through this like process that the NASA had been working on or something so that they could like change airplane crews at altitude. So the plane was going to like secretly dock with the, the, the hijacked plane and a bunch of like the strike team guys were going to board the plane, find the bomb, disarm it and try to take back over the plane. Okay. So, so, when they said stealth jet, there's like an invisible jet. No, not it. It's not like fantastical like that. It's like an it's an actual stealth jet that the military has. That's just un. You can't see it on radar. Oh. Like the 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 airliners, the hijacked airplanes computer sensors wouldn't be able to detect it. It's just like oh. it's a it's a real stealth plane that I the military see. actually okay, has. Okay. Um, I just thought it was like. A much more mature and well written. It, it, I think it holds up to the like diehard level of action movie from the era, where you realize that it's just a cut above all the other ones with like the backstory and the writing and the character development. There's bits and pieces of the story that like really don't make sense if you think about them too hard, but it's easy to let that stuff go because so much of it feels so mature. 
Hmm. There's really interesting, like John Leguizamo is in this movie. Dude, that dude plays, never fucking ages. He doesn't age at all. He looks the it's same really in this. Freaky. We watched also Chef, Chef, and he looks. There's probably like 25 years between those movies, and he still looks exactly the same. The other guy that was really interesting to me in executive decision that I wouldn't have known who he was at the time when I watched this movie, but B.D. Wong plays the like super competent strike force guy who's just kind of like a he, he's not the like big burly chad commando guy mm-hmm. he's just the like this is just my job and i'm really good at it mm-hmm. kind of strike force guy yeah and he does a really amazing job in that role and then you know eventually he went on to go do all the like he's on all the law and orders right mm-hmm. bd wong is in like i was gonna I ask like you when when did this movie when did this movie come out 1996 Okay. Yeah. So Executive Decision is still, I think, a really solid action movie that feels smarter than most action movies from the era yeah. and aged pretty well, I think. Yeah. Like for me, when like the parts that I dipped into it, I felt like it was pretty, um, I don't know, kind of like gave me, re- reminded me of The Fugitive or like that type of like suspense and drama to it. And like totally. the story is co- a little complicated. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, it, it it definitely has a... The Fugitive is a great analogy. If you're into The Fugitive, I think you'd really like Executive Decisions. Yeah, If you're sure. into Die Hard, or like maybe more in particular, my one of my actual like favorite movies is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Right. And that has a similar vibe to that too, where it's a really well done story. Most of the things make sense. The only... Okay, I'm dancing around it. The only things that don't make sense is like there's a couple of moments where Kurt Russell's character is supposed to like prove how insightful he is as the CIA analyst guy uh, that he sees what's going on more clearly than everybody else who is making a bunch of assumptions. And so it's designed to, for him to be that Jack Ryan, like Tom Clancy type character. Okay. But the, like, it's just that part's not very well written. I feel like somebody forced that on the movie at some point. Like, honestly, it feels like executive decision might've been, sitting there and they decided like oh yeah we you know like those ja- the hair because at the same around the same time harrison ford was doing like patriot games right and there's a couple of other he did a couple of other of those type of movies air force one was a, actually a very similar movie of the time oh yeah we were having a lot of planes getting hijacked in the 90s in action movies up until 9-11 and those movies almost completely went away yeah for sure um, that's crazy i never really thought about that but anyway, um, yeah, like I, I think it's a, I think it's a really good, smart action movie that holds up pretty well, um, and totally would recommend it. Yeah, agreed. If I had to pick one to recommend between the two Kurt Russell movies, I would say Executive Decision. Yeah, I think you're. I think. I think you have to qualify Escape from L.A. is you really have to be wanting, like, a pretty corny, like, action movie. Yeah, you're, you're wanting, a like, thing. a... It's more of, like, a karate kid or the Warriors. Interesting that you put Karate Kid and the Warriors in the same sort of category. <laughs> it's, like, kind of, like, that's just not... It's not really like that, you know? Yeah. 
would you be interested in watching the trailer of a movie that Clint Eastwood directed and stars in? And also Kevin Costner is in it. And I believe it was a pretty... I had forgotten about this movie, but something that we watched... um, I looked up the director, and he had directed this movie also. Oh, okay. So then, and then it like brought it back brought, to my memory, yeah, and then gotcha. it brought back like I remember watching this movie. It was one that we rented. I'm pretty sure it was one of the movies that we rented at my dad's, and we would just rent some crate. Like back then, you just rented a, a movie for the whole family, right? And sometimes it was just not a, like you didn't know very much about the movie. Yeah, you couldn't watch the trailers like right. we do. I know it's like you possibly heard a commercial on the radio on the way to school for it. And you're like, yeah, I heard about this movie before. Yeah. <laughs> or your friend saw it or whatever. Right. Yeah. But so we would go pick a movie and this one, this is one of the movies that I think it hit me at a time when I was old enough to understand the like more adult, like moral of the story and like. Okay. What, what movie? It's called. A Perfect World. Oh, I'm sure I've seen this movie. A Perfect World. You've seen this movie? I mean, my dad loves Kevin Costner. Loves Kevin Costner. Loves Clint Eastwood. This is a movie that Clint Eastwood is in and directed. Yeah. This movie really stood out to me. It's from 1993, but who knows when we rented it. Right. I feel like I, I don't know. I don't have that many memories from... Like when I was before about age 10 or so. But this one stands out to me. Uh, are, could Would you be interested in watching the trailer for this? Sure. A, it's a perfect world. It's a, it's a tasting notes. Suspense, drama, compelling, joyous. Ooh. Okay. I don't remember it being joyous. Set, Go ahead. set in Texas. Say it again. Set in Texas, an escaped convict in the course of eluding the Texas Ranger pursuing him takes a hostage a fatherless young boy who has led a strictly constrained and unhappy life what okay all right yeah, I, know. I feel like i remember a lot about this movie okay let's watch the trailer well that didn't give me too much to go on yeah it was pretty concise trailer but it still jogged even more memories for me. Really? Yeah, I think this is a good movie. Okay. So I, I I looked it up because the guy who directed The Founder, one of my favorite dad movies, mm-hmm. uh, wrote this movie. Oh, okay. Um, his, that, that guy's name is John Lee Hancock. But uh, this was directed by Clint Eastwood. Let me did info dump some trivia that I read. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, Clint Eastwood wasn't going to uh, be in the movie, act in the movie. He was only going to direct mm. it, but Kevin Costner talked him into it. For the... For this role. Yeah. And that... Is his name Butch? 
The main character's name is Butch, yeah. Who's Butch? Him? No, no. Um, Kevin Costner's character is, is Butch. Butch. This, guy, so, so, this is like the, the so, U.S. Marshal. Okay, so Denzel Washington was also considered for the role of Butch. Oh, dang. I would like to see that version. Yeah. Wow. Oh, for the role of Butch? No, I wouldn't like that. I would want it to be Kevin Costner playing the role of Butch, playing the role of the escape convict. And Denzel Washington playing the role of the U.S. Marshal. That's what I thought, but that's not what he... Yeah, no, it said no. Clint Eastwood wanted Butch, the role of Butch, to Denzel Washington. Yeah. No, I don't like that nearly as much. I think our I think our version's better, Mr. Eastwood. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember there's some stuff that happens in this movie. It's, it's a real, like... It's one of those movies where it's a, there's a lot of moral gray area. And especially I think those those kind of movies and stories stood out to me as a kid because my dad was such a black and white, like, good guy, bad guy mm. type of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could watch this movie for sure. Okay. So, and customers also watched All the Pretty Horses. The year 2000 is that that's penelope cruz and matt damon is that penelope cruz and matt damon okay. yeah pretty sure let's pop in here and see what's going on this moving rugged adventure combines drama excitement and romance in an epic story of a young man's journey through love longing betrayal loss and survival damn well wow. damn that tasting note that last tasting note is just yeah, brutal a real bummer huh western drama contemplative and downbeat downbeat yeah well, you could, so yeah. if i mean they're just they're just being honest i guess they are it's gonna bring you down who decides these <laughs> uh do you, are you interested in watching the trailer for this i mean i've never heard of this movie i think i've heard of it 2000 yeah but I'll watch the trailer. Okay, let's see. Okay. Yeah, that was just I. That was a scene. It's really annoying to me when they just make it a scene. I really want to see. I'm, I think we should look. I, I'll tell you this. It got me intrigued enough to actually want to look up the proper trailer on YouTube. Agreed. Because they were delivering some performances here. Seriously, well, it says it was a Golden Globe nominee. Let me find out for what. Costumes, cowboy hats. Well. Best cowboy hats. Okay, I got the trailer pulled up for all the pretty horses. Let's go for it. Okay. The proper trailer. Okay. Let's go Boy, see that on Christmas Day. Oh my god, that's a lot to unpack there. Okay. Directed by Billy Bob Thornton. That was interesting to me. Um The music made no sense whatsoever. Oh yeah, the music was bananas but that is i'm wondering is that just for the music for the trailer or the in the movie no it was definitely like it was a very it was straight up it probably was the goo goo dolls okay like it was a straight up goo goo dolls 90s like right so that's what they got nominated for golden globe was for best score well the score that would that would not have been the score right that, that would have been the soundtrack soundtrack but still, that's why I was confused. I this, don't know. Is this like a 
is this like a Western, like, not Count of Monte Cristo, right? Like something, maybe it is Count of Monte In the well, Count no, of Monte it... Cristo, does he get sent away on made up charges or does he exile himself or what? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I was going to say this is based off of a book. There's a book, a novel called All the Pretty Horses. Oh, okay. That was also. Interesting. Yeah. So. Hmm. There's a lot of twists and turns in there. There was that trailer but turned on in a the freaking end, dime, man. Downbeat. <laughs> it was downbeat, that's for sure. Yeah. Let's watch Perfect World. Yeah, for sure. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. That feels right. Yeah, same. Thank you.